have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 5. We'll be in John chapter 5 for a little while this morning. As I was speaking to the children there in, in, in Matthew, you know, the blind men came to him, wanted to be healed, and Jesus asked him a question. He said, do you believe? Today I want us to, I would like for us to uh, look at one of the other miracles that Jesus did. And there's so many of them. John chapter 20, verse uh, 30 and 31 says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. John said there were so many miracles, I couldn't write them all. He said, I wrote these so that you may know that he is the Christ. He picked them specifically to show us something very important about Jesus. And in John 21, 25, he said, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, and which, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose, that even the world itself cannot contain the books that should be written. Amen. It's amazing, isn't it? Jesus went around healing people and touching people and moving people. And asking questions to people. Not just questions, but uh, uh, questions that pondered into their heart to see what they truly needed, what they truly expected. And he worked an amazing number of miracles on earth. So we're going to read about one here in John chapter 5, starting with verse 1. The Bible says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these days, a great multitude of infinite folk and blind halt, withered, and waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at the certain season into the pool and troubled the water, and whosoever went first after the troubling of the water stepped in and was made whole, and whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man there was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the empty man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another slippeth down before me. And Jesus said unto him, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. And the Jews therefore said unto him, That was cured, It is Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, and he, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is it is that which it said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, and a multitude being in that place. Afterwards Jesus found him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, Thou art made whole, sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. 
And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Father, for, uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Gospels, Father, who shows us uh, uh, just a glimpse, just a picture of Jesus as he walked on the earth. Father, we see his compassion, we see his love, we see his understanding for the people of this world who have no hope, who have no salvation. We see the questions he asks, Lord, that pierce the very heart and soul of a person. Questions designed to make you think, to make you reflect, to make you realize what exactly you truly need. Like those blind men that he healed, Father, they needed something more than physical sight. They needed spiritual sight to see that he was the Son of God, and they had that. Because they came to him in belief and knowing that he had the power to save them, to, to heal them, and he did. Father, help us to understand now what you're trying to explain to us here in your word. For these ain't my words, Father, these are yours. Now, Father, bless our time here together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One thing that stands out about the Lord is how he loved to ask questions. It seems like there's so many examples. I wrote a few of them down in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. It says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, or, or, or yet for your body. What you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Jesus says, don't worry about things when I'm in control. Why are you worried about what you're going to eat tomorrow and what you're going to wear tomorrow and where you're going to go tomorrow? Why are you worried about that when I have control of today? Matthew 7, 3 says, And why beholdest thou the, the, the mote in thy brother's eyes, but uh, considerest not the beam in your own eye? Jesus says, why are you focused on other people for when you should be focused on yourself? I don't, I don't, I'm not going to try to save you so you can save the world. I'm saving you because you have the problem. It's an eternal problem with us. Matthew 7:11 says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Never underestimate the blessings of God. The blessings given by your heavenly Father. Matthew 8, 26 says, And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, ye, o, o ye of little faith? He said, he's telling his disciples, he says, Why are you trusting what you see and not trusting what you know? And if you trust in me, it has to reflect in your actions. Matthew 9, 4 says, And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore, think ye evil in your heart. He's telling us that he knows our hearts. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter how you look, no matter how you act, God knows your heart. Jesus asks questions to help us think about who we are and what we believe and what we should be doing with our lives. And Jesus had, uh, had a great question in this text here for the sick man. In verse 6, Jesus asked the man, Wilt thou be made whole? And there is so much we need to see in this one little simple question. First, Jesus is asking the man, Are you willing? 
He actually said, will you be made whole? But, and the question seems obvious, doesn't it? He's been, he's been crippled for 38 years. He hasn't been able to walk for 38 years. Why would Jesus ask him if he wants to be made whole? He had somebody bring him to this pool for the troubling of the water so he could be healed, even though for the last few years he, he couldn't make it because someone gets in front of him. Why would you think he would not want to be made whole? But Jesus wants to know, are you willing to be made whole? Remember, Jesus knows our hearts. Listen, if he's at this pool and he knows that every time the water's trouble, somebody beats him to it, why does he keep coming back? Why does he try to make arrangements for somebody to get him closer to the water? He'd been sick for 38 years. Maybe Jesus is asking him, are you willing to let go of the past? Do you want to move forward with your life? If he's 38 years in this condition, this is all he knows. And even though it's no life, even though there's, there's no comfort, even though he has to rely on other people, even though the only way he can make a living is begging for money, there's still something kind of comfortable and we get kind of set in our ways and that's what it is. And maybe he was afraid of what life would be like if he walked away from that pool. Sometimes we're so focused on the past that we miss the Lord's blessings. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, The infant man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step down before me. He could have held on to that past for all those years of disappointment. He had no one to help him. He had no friends. He had no family. All his hope was gone. It's easy to get caught up in the past disappointments. It's easy to get so discouraged in our life, we feel like, okay, this is all God has for me. This is all there's going to be for me. But we always need to understand that God's in control. And He's moving. And He's working through our lives. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, and ye shall ye not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He says, I'm going to do a new thing in you. And you tell what Jesus did? Jesus came and died on the cross so he can take the dead person and, and put him away, and you're no longer that person, but now you're a new creature. He's done something new in your life. And if he can change your life like that, there's no telling what God has in store for you. If you're willing to believe and trust in him. If you're willing to be healed. You should always be looking forward. Eyes always on Jesus. Eyes always going to see what he has planned for us. Psalms uh, 103.2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his, all his benefits. He has benefits waiting for you. But are you willing? Are you willing? Second, Jesus is saying, he's asking, do you believe? Look at verses 8 and 9. And Jesus uh, said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Look at the man's faith. Jesus commanded the impossible. This man has never walked. And Jesus looked at him and says, 
walk. Take up your bed and walk. Commanded something he knew he couldn't do. He had useless legs. You know, I, I kind of picture this. If, if, if you've never walked before, picture this, okay? You, you're ever how old you are now, you've never walked before, and suddenly your legs work, and you get up and you start walking. Are, are you just going to get up and walk normally? How do you know how to walk if you've never walked? Will you walk like a child, you know, just kind of stumbling and keep falling down, trying to get your legs steady so you learn how to walk? But he immediately got up and started walking. I don't know where this man got his faith. And maybe there was, uh, uh, there was something in the authority of the Lord's voice or something in his face or the boldness of his command. But he immediately got up and started walking. And the Lord wants us to believe, too. Like Jesus healed this man, he's able to heal our hearts. There's nothing this world can do to us. There's nothing that sin can bind us that Jesus can't break free from. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, it says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. A man's legs had no strength, no power. God gave him power. Imagine what he does for us. He, 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 he saved us, but he, then he gives us the power to be evangelists, to go out and tell people about Jesus Christ, to, to be a witness to him, to, to share the gospel with people who don't know. He just wants us to believe that he will bless us even if he doesn't heal our bodies. The world is not our final home. The Lord wants us to believe that he can give us victory even the worst circumstances of life. We prayed for Larry Griffith to be healed. We prayed for Missy's uncle to be healed, and both of them passed away. We prayed for healing, and God took them home so they're suffering no more. No more pain. No more, no more sorrow. God's will is perfect. If we truly believe, you can see how he sends us blessings every day. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I think too many Christians are living under their own might, under their own power. And when you do that, you get discouraged. And when you depend on other people, you get discouraged. But when you depend on the power of God and his might, you can do mighty things for the Lord. You can go boldly into the world and preach the gospel. You can tell people about his son. Believe in the power of the almighty God. He has the power to raise Jesus from the dead. And he has the power to raise you from your circumstances now. But do you believe? Third, and that one little question. Jesus is asking that man, will you obey? Look at Jesus' warning in verse 14. Verse 14 says, Afterwards Jesus findeth him, findeth him in the temple, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, at least the worst thing come unto thee. The Lord reminds us of the seriousness of our sin. And we need to be reminded. Sin always hurts us and the people around us. Sin will always uh, bring grief to our life. Our obedience must be in our direct walk. Look at verses 9 and 11. 9 through 11, sorry. And immediately the man... Uh, was made whole, and he took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. And the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, 
It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. And he answered them, uh, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. He obeyed immediately. He walked. But he just didn't walk. He walked straight to the synagogue. He walked straight to the temple. He wanted to pray. He wanted to thank God for his many blessings. That's where God, Jesus found him at. He could have avoided all of that. He could have avoided the trouble of his life. He just delayed or just went away and just went back to his home. But he obeyed immediately. And he obeyed even in the face of strong opposition. The Jewish leaders didn't like the fact that the man was carrying his bed. He was carrying his bed. This man who he couldn't, couldn't walk was carrying his bed. Can you imagine? 38 years that man's laid in the streets begging for money. And those Jewish leaders had to walk by him sometime or another and look down their nose at him as he lay there not able to walk. And now he's walking around. And the one thing they're concentrating on is the fact he's carrying his bed. I want you to understand, he wasn't carrying like a California king. He wasn't carrying box spring and masters down the streets. He had a little rolled up mat he tucked under his arm and was walking with it. That was their bed. And they were complaining because of that. They could not see the workings of Almighty God because they were too focused on their religious traditions and man-made laws. Yes, it was a Sabbath. Yes, we're to keep Sabbath holy. But this man was walking when he had never walked before. How sad is it that the religious people get so caught up in their traditions that they lose the, the, the fact that God is doing some wonderful things to people. We're so focused on things and, and traditions that we miss love. Jesus told him to carry it, and that's what he did. We are to obey God no matter what others say. We're to obey, to obey God in the face of danger, in the face of opposition. But we don't always obey the Lord. The only perfect one who ever walked this earth and, and was in complete obedience to the will of God was Jesus. But look at uh, Philippians 2.13. It says, For it is God which worketh in you both to, to will and to do of his good pleasure. Paul tells us here that God is working in us, both to, both to his desire and his good pleasure. So don't give up a life of obedience to God. Because every time you're obedient to God, it brings God pleasure. Ain't that something? Ain't that something? Little old me, just a speck in the universe. Just a, a hiccup, and just a nothing. And when I'm obedient to God, I bring him pleasure. Man, we're created for his pleasure. How much more should we be living for him? Do we, are we obedient to him? Finally, Jesus is asking a very special question here. He says, are you sharing? Look at verses 14 again and 15. It says, Therefore Jesus found him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, Thou art made whole, sin no more, at least the worst thing come of thee. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Jesus finds the man right where he needs to be, praising God and thanking him for the healing. And he immediately, when he finds out it's Jesus that saved him, he immediately goes and tells the people, it was Jesus that made me whole. The Jewish leaders rejected his uh, 
testimony. And many people will reject your testimony. When you go tell people about Jesus Christ, they'll reject. But some will listen. But I think that one of the most important things we need to see here is, it's like some things are very obvious. The blind man who could see, that was an obvious change. This crippled man who couldn't walk, who was now walking, that's an obvious change. When the world looks at you, do they see the change that God's made in your life? Do they see a, a, a peace that passes all understanding? Do they see a joy in your heart even though things are not going your way? Do they see someone who, who, who talks about Jesus, who tells people about Jesus, who, who witnesses people, who, who loves Jesus? Do people see that? If you're a Christian, you've already received the greatest miracle of all. You're saved from sin. That's something you need to tell people about. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Be ready. It doesn't say go to seminary. It doesn't say take college courses. It doesn't say read the Bible 75 times in a row. It says just be ready. Be ready and willing to go where God tells you to go. Be ready and willing to let God use you. Be ready and willing to let God open your mouth. He'll fill it with the words. Just be ready to go and share with everybody. The man says, Jesus made me whole. They wanted to know. They were looking for somebody to punish for breaking the Sabbath. But he was wanting to make sure they knew the reason he's able to walk is Jesus. I want people to know the reason I have eternal life is Jesus. The reason I am going to heaven is Jesus. The reason I, I live the way I live is Jesus. Because of the cross, he's made us whole. Are you sharing today? Romans 12, 1 through 3 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. You know, my, one of my favorite verses is 2 Peter 3.9, which is, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but as long as suffering tells, we're not willing that any should perish, but all come repentance. But... In the last few years, these three verses right here have meant more to me than anything else. And for, uh, for a period of about six or eight months, I, I mentioned them in every service. And I know I could, I, every, it got to the point where I started reading those verses and I'd see the eyes rolling. I said, why does he keep talking about this for? We, didn't we hear this last three Sundays? But it is so important. This is so important that Paul wrote about our Christian life and service that we don't live to ourselves anymore. We we're a, live a living sacrifice, only acceptable to God because we live for Him. And we're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed. Why? By the renewing of our mind. Not by one event, but by each and every day of living for God. 
Your mind is renewed every morning. You get more grace every morning because you need it. You, you're, you're changed. You, you're in a process of growing to be what God wants you to be. It never changes. You never get to the end. It's like you're not racing for a finish line. You just keep running this marathon until your time on this world is up. But you're, you're trying to be, let him transform you from the inside out so that you can be that acceptable, perfect will of God. Isn't it amazing that we can be used by God in such a magnificent way? And there's nothing more important right now than you saying yes to Jesus. So are you willing? Do you believe? Will you obey and are you sharing? Then ask yourself, are you willing to be made whole? Are you willing to let go of your past? Are you willing to let the Lord do something new in your life? Are you willing to get up when the Lord says rise? Are you willing to tell people the great things Jesus has already done for you? Be ready to say yes. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just for a few minutes. Now's the time for you to do business with God. Now, I don't know your heart. I don't know your condition. I don't know whether you're saved or not. God knows. He says that Jesus knows the hearts. The religious leaders didn't have to tell Jesus what they thought of him because he knew it. He said, oh, den of vipers. He knows our hearts. So you're not trying to fool anybody right now. You're just being honest with God. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Him, He's knocking. He wants you to understand how much He loves you. That you're special to Him. You're created in God's image. And, and you're here for a reason because He wants you to understand that He loves you enough to send His Son to die for you. And through Him, you can have eternal life if you just believe. It's just, the, it's just you knowing that you're a sinner. That you're bound to pay for those sins because you can't do anything about it because you have no power. You have... There's nothing, there's no good you can do to pay for those sins. You have to have somebody come and save you. And that's what Jesus is doing. That's why he went to the cross. He had no sins, but he died for the sins of the world so that all who believe in him could have eternal life. He didn't come to condemn the world because we're condemned already. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. So if you're here today and you're lost, Jesus is looking for you. He's inviting you. He said, do you want to be made whole? Do you believe? It takes faith. Christian, if you're here today and you, you tend to lean more to the religious leaders than you do to, uh, to Jesus, you got to work on that. Are you ready to answer the call? Will you go? Will you tell? Will you be obedient? Do you believe? Do you want to be made whole? I tell you what, some of us don't want to be made whole because it means we'll have to leave these pews. It means we'll have to go outside these walls and we'll have to go into neighborhoods that don't look safe and we'll have to talk to people who don't look like we should be talking to them. We have to witness the people who are lost because they need Jesus Christ. And He put the message in our hearts. So that we have to go tell them. And if we're not telling them, then, then that's where the problem is. 
Are you telling people? Are you sharing the news of Jesus? If you're here today and you're not saved, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, can you slip up your hand? I'm not calling you. I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray. Christian, if you're here today and you say, well, I'm not, I'm not as obedient as I need to be to God. I'm still that work in progress and, and I've got a long ways to go, but God's working on me. Can you raise your hand? Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, I thank you so much for your love and your grace. I thank you for the stories of uh, your healings and uh, the miracles you've worked. I'm so, I'm so glad you're still working miracles today. You're taking the broken, dead, sin-cursed people and turning them into sinners saved by the grace of God. Father, help us to realize the importance of uh, sharing because we're the conduit, Lord. You put the message in us and we're you're pointing us to people that need it. And you're telling us to rise and walk and carry that gospel to them, Father. And we're just, we're just sitting. Help us to go and tell. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen.